We started a little uh, message on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it just didn't seem like that particular message was going to fit with Father's Day. But what I have done is I've put together 10 questions that you can ask yourself to help you to discover your God-ordained place and also to discover what your graces may be. Now, we're going to talk more along those lines in the very near future, but it just seemed good in my spirit to preach something else this morning. So if you've come specifically for that, we have the handout for you that the ushers are going to pass out at the back door at the end of the service. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the Word of God is good. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. And I want us to look at chapter 31, verse 3. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, and the third verse. The Bible says, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. Two things I want you to notice, that God loves you. And the love that He has for you is unconditional. And that there is nothing that will ever separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Paul said, through the love of God, we are more than conquerors because of His love that He has for us. Now friend, don't let past failures, past disappointments, past discouragements hinder you from receiving the absolute love that your Father has for you. I declare by the word of the Lord today that He loves you with an everlasting love and that it is the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. Notice with me that it is because of His loving kindness that He has drawn us. God does not draw people to Him out of anger. God does not draw people unto Him because He's upset with them. No, God draws us by His love. God draws us by His grace. And if you are here today, and you may be questioning, why am I here? I know why you're here. Because your Father has drawn you to this place on this Father's Day so that you can hear how much He loves you. Amen. The Bible says that the Father Himself loves you. And we can get acquainted with how much that He loves us through the Word of God. I like something Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I can't understand God by feelings. I understand God the Father by what the Word says about Him. He's everything the Word says He is. And we can get acquainted with Him through the Word of God. Now understand this, that many people do not have an understanding or a revelation of how much that He loves them. Therefore, they go through their lives with a lot of insecurities, sometimes with a spirit of rejection, sometimes with a lot of undealt hurts, And they go through life limping. And how many of you know that sometimes hurting people can hurt people? I believe that one of the greatest answers to being a blessing in the generation in which we live, to our families, 
in the marketplace, in the local church, is first and foremost, know how much that our Father loves us. Believe in that love. Be confident in that love. Receive that love. And then you can go from that place and you can love others with the same love that you have a revelation of. You know, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is your nearby. It's the person next to you on the job. It's the person that sits near you in the church. It's your sons. It's your daughters. It's your grandfather. It's your grandmother. Love is the fulfilling of the law. And love will never work ill toward people. But it is impossible for me to love my neighbor if I first don't love myself. And it is impossible for me to love myself until I receive the Father's love, the Father's grace, and the Father's goodness in my life. Because you see, the love of God, the love of the Father has been shed abroad in your heart and in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Thank God that He loves you and He loves me. Turn with me to John chapter 14. And I want us to look at verses 21 and then verse 23. John 14 verse 21. Children in the home deserve to have their fathers and their mothers with this kind of understanding. This world needs love. That sounds like a song from the 60s. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. But not the kind of love that the world gives. The kind of love that is agape that the Father gives. Amen? Now Jesus said, if you have my commandments, the greatest commandment he gave or gave was that you love one another as I have loved you. So if we have his commandments, we declare and show how much we love him. And the Bible says, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself unto him. I want the manifestation of my Father's love. I desire my Father to be a Father unto me. I desire my Father to do for me what I cannot do for myself. I desire the glory of my Father to be my protector. Listen, friend. You really, really want in this day and in this hour, Him to be manifesting in your life. Now notice in verse 23. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and we will make our abode with him. That's just another way of saying that he's going to manifest himself unto us. Amen. Now, how many of you are natural parents? You have children? Raise your hand. You have grandchildren. As parents, we go the extra mile for our children. We make sacrifices as earthly fathers and earthly mothers for our children. Because we want our sons and we want our daughters to have a good quality of life. We want them to have good education. We want them to have it better than we had it. So we make sacrifices. And Jesus said in Matthew seven eleven, 
If you being natural know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? I'm telling you, He's a good God and good things are coming down from the Father of lights and just like you love your children, how much more does He love you? How much more does He love us? The question I have for you today is how much more? That's the right answer. Much, much more. Let's rehearse that. How much more? One more time. How much more? Glory to God. He loves us. He's crazy about us. He's not wild about some of the crazy things that we do. But oh, thank God, He is a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. He's a faithful God. And He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not relax my hold upon you. My grip on your life will not slip. Hallelujah. Woo! Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, please. I'm thankful that he didn't forsake Jesus when Jesus was in the tomb. When he was in the bowels of the earth for three days and three nights, the heavenly Father raised him from the dead. We could say that he didn't forsake Jesus. Even though Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was only a brief period of time of that separation. But my brothers and sisters, nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. You may be in a tomb of sickness. You may be in a tomb of, uh, of depression. You may be in a tomb of financial lack. But the same Father who raised Jesus from the dead has never, ever lost His power. And He will raise you up. Say it with me strong. He'll never leave me. Nor forsake me. Now, we activate these truths with our mouths. Death and life are in the power of what? Thou art snared by the words of thy. You can have whatsoever you. Amen. The tongue is a rudder, right? It dictates the course of your life. Hebrews 13.5 says... And I want you to notice this in the last part. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say that with me. He has said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. Now, notice the next verse. Here's a revelation here for us today. Verse 6. Whatever he said, we may boldly say. In other words, whatever you find in the word that your father says... It's up to you to boldly say. And when you boldly say what he said, it becomes a reality in your life. It becomes real in your life. What did he say? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, what do we say? Here's what we say. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Hey, what can man do to me? Hey, come on. Shalom Ahai. What can this sickness do to me? What can this circumstance do to me? What can this red in the financial realm do to me? The Lord's on my side. He's my helper. My father is on the throne. And I'm bought and paid and we are his own. 
He owns you. He owns us. He's invested the greatest deposit into your life by sowing His Son, Jesus. Jesus was raised. Now you are raised. So declare what God has said and it will become real unto you. Amen. Turn with me to John 17, verse 23. I just dropped by just for a while today just to tell you how much God loves you and that his God, He's got His hand on you and His eye is on the sparrow. And if He takes care of the birds of the air and if He clothes the lilies of the field, how much more will He take care of you? He loves you with an everlasting love. Amen. You don't have to sweat it. You don't have to worry. God's on the throne. John 17, verse 23. I want you to feed on this with me. Ready? Please read. Go ahead. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and has loved them as thou hast. Did you get it? This is same. Could this be? That God the Father loves us as much as He loves Jesus. And if He does, and according to that word, He does, then what about the problems we face? What about the circumstances we face? You see, the Lord is your light. He is your salvation. He is the strength of your life. When you remember that He loves you as much as He loves Jesus, it'll take fear right out of you. It'll cause fear to be removed from your life. So I think it would pay us rich dividends to walk around every day of our lives and say, The Father loves me. The Father loves me. I believe it. I receive it. And there is no fear in me. The Father loves me. The Father loves me. His Word and His Spirit have brought liberty into my life. The Father loves me. The Father loves me. And I am free because the Father loves me. Amen? Amen. Just walk around. Walk around saying, God loves me. We talk much about how much we love Him. But oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He cherishes us. Oh, what great plans He's got for us. Believe it, friend. Receive it. You're saying, but you know, Pastor Mark, I don't add up. Neither do I. There's not one person in this auditorium that, is, that adds up or is all that. I mean, in the natural realm, we ain't nada. Without Him, we are nothing. But the good news is we are not without Him. I said we're not without Him. He's with us, He's in us, and we're in Him. Glory to God. And that understanding will put fear outside. Now listen very carefully for these next few moments. I'm not going to preach long today because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to minister life to some people today by the laying on of hands. And I know in my heart that there are people that are going to come to Jesus Christ today. And that there are gifts that are going to be poured out in this place. One is the gift of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
And God is going to give such a peace to some of you that have been so in trouble and in turmoil and stressed. You're going to walk out of here today saying, Hey, I am too blessed to be stressed. You know, Paul, he faced a lot of stuff. He was an overseer of many churches. And the Bible says, The care of the churches would come upon me daily. Now listen, we all face stress. We all face concerns. We all face anxieties. But God has given us the answers in His Word on what we can do about them. Let's say we hear the Word for the next few moments, execute the Word, and leave this place really too blessed to be stressed. I know some of you have had a difficult week. I haven't had the easiest week of my life. But you know what? I'm not looking backward. I'm looking forward. I'm not rehearsing the past. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, heaven's help in the house today. So here's what Paul said to the church at Philippi in Philippians 4, 6 in the Amplified. I'll quote it to you from the King James first of all. He said, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Pastor, if I'm not going to worry, if I'm not going to fret, if I'm not going to have any anxiety about anything, then what am I going to do? He said, be careful for, for nothing, but in everything by what? Hey, that's a thought. Instead of worrying, why not start praying? Be careful for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But rather, in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with definite requests, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So the question I have for you is, how much anxiety does your father want you to have? Alright, now look at 1 Peter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. You see, this is a message today from the heart of the Father to you. He wants many of you in this place to end worry. To end all fear and all doubt. You may ask me, Pastor Mark, can I do this? Absolutely, you can do it. How do you do it? By acting on 1 Peter 5, 7. Everyone give your attention to the Blessetron. Let's read it together. Casting all your care upon Him. Why? How much of your care? How much anxiety does God want you to have? Does anxiety come from above? Does fear come from the Spirit of God? It comes from the enemy. The anxieties, the cares, and the concerns are not a part of the Father's plan for your life. He doesn't want you to carry half of the cares, half of the worries, and then He'll take the rest. But no, He said, give me all your cares. Now, the word care there literally means to be distracted. Worry is a distraction. Fear is a distraction. And it carries with it this thought, 
so distracted that you are moving in different directions. We could say it this way. Fear and worry is not the direction that God wants us to go in. So he says, cast now all of your cares, the wrong kind of cares on him, because he, the father, cares for you. That's a different Greek word. When it says that the father cares for us, it's not saying that he's anxious about us. It's not saying that he's nervous about us or fearful about us. But what he's saying is this, if you will give me all of your anxieties, then my love, my concern, my forethought for you will come upon you and change your life forever. The Father cares for me. You know, the word care is an old Anglo-Saxon word, which which means to choke, to choke. Jesus said that the cares of this life will enter in and it will choke the Word. So that the Word of God becomes unfruitful in our lives. Friends, we do not want cares and concerns choking this precious Word out of our lives. The Word of God is what stands between us and annihilation. So refuse to care. Cast your cares on Him. Live a carefree life. Listen, even if your knees are knocking, even if your palms are sweating, anybody ever been there? Where you're feeling the anxiety and you're feeling the fear? Listen, that's all from the outside. Even if you are going through that, Begin to declare, by the grace of God, I'm carefree. And the peace of God is coming upon me today. And it is causing me to have comfort and to have a renewed joy in my life. Amen. Say it with me. He cares for me. Turn quickly to Luke 21, verse 34. Luke 21, verse 34. God's doing some surgery this morning. God's moving by His Spirit. Amen. In Luke 21, 34, I want you to read this with me. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts should be overcharged with surfeiting or overeating. We all know about that. And drunkenness. We shouldn't know about that. And notice, and the cares of this life so that day come upon you unawares. Let me read William's translation. It says, But be ever on guard, so that your hearts may not be loaded down with self-indulgence or drunkenness or worldly cares. It's the same word in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting your care upon Him. The 20th New Century New Testament says it this way, lest your minds should become dull. Another translation says, lest your faculties be numbed. You don't want to be known as numb and number. <laughs> Philip's translation, could have got a drum roll on that. Philip's translation says, see to it that your minds are never clouded. Never clouded. 
I'm telling you today that the times where I've taken on the cares of life and the cares of this ministry, I've not been sharp spiritually. The times where I've allowed myself to take on the care of the church or the care of the ministry or the care of what people say and the care of what people think, my judgment gets clouded. And I'm not as sharp as I should be. So I am well familiar with the blessing of being carefree. I cannot afford to let the cares of this life bog me down. I don't have a choice. Because i got to be at my best all the time. Amen? But you, in your life, you've got decisions to make. You've got to be at your best for your children. You've got to be the best on your job. You can't afford going through life all clouded up and all dull and just asleep in this world. And the cares of this life will do that to you. So I submit to you today, give them to God. Give them to your Father. He can handle them. And you are His workmanship. And He never designed you or me to carry the cares of this life. Are you listening to me? Now in closing this today, I want to look at two examples. Where people took on the cares of this life. And the cares of this circumstance. And I want to notice how Jesus dealt with those. The first one, I'm going to go spontaneous on you. The first one was the day in which Jesus had just preached on the sower sows the word. And he said, now guys, let's go to the other side. And so the boat was loaded up on the Sea of Galilee. Brenda and I have been on the Sea of Galilee before. It was a big boat. Jesus was probably tired from preaching that day. So he went to the back of the boat, had himself a little snooze. You know, if Jesus says you're going to the other side, don't you think you might just make it? I mean, he wasn't worried about it. He was evidently too blessed to be stressed because he believed in his words and entered into real rest. (laughs) He's sleeping in the hinder part of the ship. So get the picture. All of a sudden, there arises a great storm, a mega storm. And the disciples got all stressed out. And they woke the master up. Can you imagine waking the master up? And saying, Jesus, Jesus. We'll pretend pretend he's Jesus. Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Who has said anything about perishing? He said, we're going to the other side. They let the care of death and the fear of dying enter into their lives. And they got stressed. But Jesus rose up. Come on. The master rose up and he said, peace, be still. And there was a great calm. There was a great storm. But the prince of peace declared peace and there was a great calm. But then he turned around and rebuked his disciples. And they said, hey guys, you could have done the same thing. That's the Thomas paraphrase. But basically he was saying, where's your faith? I told you we're going to the other side. Now listen, my brothers and sisters. We've got better than Jesus in a boat. We've got Jesus living on the inside of us. 
and he still stills storms today. But he does it through the voice of faith coming out of your mouth and out of my mouth. So don't let the opportunity to sink put you down. Rise up in the ship of your life and declare the peace of God is mine today. I can have the word of God and what I say. Now in closing Luke chapter 10 very quickly now. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 through 42. How would you like Jesus to come to your house? Some of you went, mm, uh, I Okay, well, let's forget I asked that question. He's already in your house. <laughs> don't, mean to, don't mean to be a smart aleck, but he's already there. Now, it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Let's track it through verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary. Now here's what Mary did. What did she do? I'm asking you, what did Mary do? And heard his word. Verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. The Amplified, I believe, says she was anxious and full of care about much serving. She was overly occupied. We could say this. She was stressed. With much serving. She came to him, Lord, do you not care? He's heard that before. They asked him, Master, cares not that we perish? Here's Martha asking Jesus, don't you care? Asking him if he's full of care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? And... She's kind of insulting the master and then she starts telling him what to do. I can see her with her apron on. I mean, rolls are rising. Chicken is sizzling. The pie is in the oven. Things are happening. Don't you care, master? No, I tell you what, you do. Get her on her feet that she helps me. Okay. How'd this go? How's that working for you, like Dr. Phil would say? <laughs> and Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha. Now, anytime your name is used twice, you better hit the floor and start repenting. If I hear from the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night, Mark, Mark, I'm down. He said, now, you're full of care. And you're not only troubled about this situation, but there's a lot in your life that you're stressed over. And notice what his response was to her. But one thing is needful. Let this be your take home today. God loves you. Your father loves you. He has some things he wants to say to you. Yes, he wants you to serve. But first, he wants you to feed and to receive and to sit at his feet 
and hear the word. He said, look it, there's only one thing that's needful. And Mary made a choice. Saints, it's a choice to be carefree. It's a choice to hear the word. It's a choice to be a praiser. Mary chose the good part. Now notice this. Read the rest of it with me. Which shall not be taken away from her. In other words, there are going to be some circumstances that are going to try to take this away from you. But if you will do the needful thing, cast your cares on Him and sit at His feet and receive the Father's great love for you, you will enter into the other side with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I rest my case. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's thank the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet and thank the Lord for His Word today.